Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This is your brother Hussein Kamani. If you enjoyed listening to our podcast, please donate to Qalam by visiting supportqalam.com. We love being able to share this content for free, and your donation ensures we are always able to do so. Each podcast we produce has thousands of listeners, so the opportunity for gaining immense reward by supporting our efforts is endless. You never know who will be able to benefit from your donation. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accept, and jazakumullahu khairan. Assalamu alaikum. Just yesterday, I spoke to a friend who's going through a very, very, very serious surgery which could take his life. Very delicate surgery he's about to go through. And he emailed me and I called him and I spoke to him. And during the conversation, I said to him that Allah knows how much life we have left in the dunya. Allah knows how much life we have left in the dunya. It's possible you'll recover and I make that dua to Allah. But it's very possible you may not recover. And this may be the last, one of the last conversations you'll have while being in good health. So my request to you is, use these moments of your illness to build a relationship with Allah. Because the insan truly opens up his or her heart when they're broken and when they're sad. And right now, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has brought you to that place. I said to him, there are some people who become sick, they face illness, and all they get out of it is medication. That's all they take. There are some people who go through calamity, and all they get out of it is accusing other people of magic, accusing other people of jealousy. Then there are some folks, they become sick, they face calamity, and what they walk out of that calamity with is the presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They learn to cry in front of Allah. They learn to feel Allah's presence. They learn to say to Allah, Ya Allah, let this difficulty in my life remain as long as you want it to remain. Ya Allah, my illness is my guest. I welcome it in because you're the one who sent it. My calamity is my guest. I welcome it with open arms because you're the one who sent it. My only request is, Ya Allah, don't disgrace me at the hands of this calamity. Don't break me. Don't let this calamity take me away from you. Don't break me to a point where I stop believing in you, where I don't have the courage and ability to live anymore. That's a dua that you make. Ya Allah, give me, Umar bin Khattab radiallahu anhu used to say, Ya Allah, don't decrease my load, rather give me the power to carry more. What did he say? Don't decrease my load, rather give me the power to carry more. Sayyidina Yunus alayhi salam very eloquently makes this dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, La ilaha illa ant. He establishes his tawheed, his oneness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Subhanak. Then he further says, Ya Allah, you were not at fault at all. Ya Allah, you did nothing wrong. Ya Allah, you are pure. In this scenario where I am right now, it's not because you did anything wrong, it's all because of me. Inni kuntum min al-dhalimeen. And this is when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala falls in love with the servant. When the servant takes all guilt, Ya Allah, you didn't do anything wrong. It's me. Ya Allah, I'm not praying salah today because I'm weak. Ya Allah, I'm struggling today because I'm weak. Not because you hate me, Ya Allah, not because you're punishing me. You love me. Ya Allah, it's your love that pulled me through so far and will continue to get me through life. As the famous poet, um, Al-Mutanabbi, he said, 
وفي النفس حاجات وفيك فاطنة وفيك فطانة sorry وفي النفس حاجات وفيك فطانة in my heart I have many desires many things that I want يا الله وفيك فطانة and you're very intelligent you're very smart he's speaking to Allah he's saying وفي النفس حاجات in my heart I have many desires وفيك فطانة and يا الله you are very smart سكوتي كلام عندها وخطاب. So my silence at a moment like this is my speech. Ya Allah, you know what I need. Ya Allah, you know I'm broken. Ya Allah, you know what to do. In this dua of Yunus alayhi salam, that's all he's doing. He's not telling Allah to do anything. He's just stating three facts. لا إله إلا أنت سبحانك إني كنت من الظالمين. That's all he did. He didn't ask Allah to save him. Didn't ask Allah for anything. He just said, Ya Allah, you are one. You had nothing to do with where I am. Meaning that it's not your fault that I'm here. Obviously you led me here, so you have a lot to do with it. But you didn't bring me here because you're punishing me, or because you did something wrong. I'm here because of my actions. When a person humbles themselves like this in front of Allah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives them everything. I always tell those that are close to me, friends and uh, students this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will offer you the entire dunya. Allah will offer you everything the dunya has to offer. Allah will give you everything the akhirah has to offer. But there is a condition. And that condition is, you have to get on your knees in front of Allah. Allah refuses to bow down in front of His servant. That'll never happen. If you can get this one point through your head, everything is available to you. All of Allah's treasures are available to you. But if somehow your arrogance leads you to believe that one day Allah will get on his knees in front of me and Allah will beg me for my hand, you've misunderstood Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You've misunderstood Allah's mercy and translated it as his inability. As if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not capable. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala makes it very clear in the Qur'an, وَاللَّهُ عَلَىٰ كُلِّ شَيْءٍ قَدِيرٌ Fully able, fully capable. Nothing incapacitates the greatness, the ability of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Yunus alayhi salam makes this dua, La ilaha illa ant, subhanaka inni kuntu min al-dhalimeen. Such a powerful dua. Such a powerful dua. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he tells us that any person that makes this dua, any person that makes this dua, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will remove their difficulty. There's a narration narrated by Sa'ad bin Malik. He says that I heard, radiallahu anhu, he said, I heard the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saying, The name of Allah, Ismullahi alladhi idha du'iya bihi ajab wa idha su'ila bihi a'ata. The name of Allah with which when a person invokes Allah, Allah will accept. And when a person asks from Allah, Allah will give. Da'watu Yunus bin Matta. It's the dua of Yunus bin Matta alayhi salam. Qala faqultu ya Rasulullah, hal li Yunus bin Matta khasa am li jama'atil muslimin? I asked the Messenger of Allah, is that dua, was the effect of that dua limited to Yunus alayhi salam or was it for everyone? Faqala, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, hiya li Yunus bin Matta khasa wa lil mu'minina amma. Yes, this verse was for Yunus alayhi salam, but its effect is for everyone. Anyone that makes this dua, Allah will relieve them of their concerns, of their worries, of their depression. Now you're wondering, how is that possible? 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَقَالَ رَسُولُ اللَّهِ صَلَى اللَّهُ عَلَيْهِ وَسَلَمْ The Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم أَلَمْ تَسْمَعَ قَوْلَ اللَّهِ تَبَارَكُ وَتَعَالَى Did you not hear the statement of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala وَكَذَلِكَ نُنْجِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said فَاسْتَجَبْنَا لَهُ وَنَجَّيْنَاهُ مِنَ الْغَمْ We accepted his prayer and removed him, relieved him of his sorrow, his depression, his concerns, his worries. وَكَذَلِكَ نُنْجِ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ And similarly, we will also relieve the believers. Anyone that puts, makes this dua to Allah with the same state, being in the same state that Yunus salam was in, will see Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala pull them through any and, and, and inshallah every difficulty. There's a narration narrated by Imam Hakim rahmatullahi alayhi in his mustadrak. Some scholars have stated that this narration is weak. Nonetheless, the narration is narrated by Imam Hakim rahmatullahi alayhi in his mustadrak. He narrates it marfu'an to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, Ayyuma muslimin da'a fi maradihi arba'ina marra famata fi thalika fi maradihi thalika a'ta'utiya ajru shaheed. That whoever makes this dua, meaning the dua of Yunus alayhi salam, in any illness they face 40 times. Whoever reads this dua, La ilaha illa ant, subhanaka inni kuntu minal dhalimeen. How many times? 40 times. And they die in that illness, Allah will give them death as a martyr. And the hadith continues. in bariya, and if he is cured, if he recovers, and if he is forgiven, if he recovers, then he will recover in a fashion that all of his sins were forgiven by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Surah Safat tells us about Yunus alayhi story. إِذْ أَبَقَ إِلَى الْفُلْكِ الْمَشْحُونَ فَسَاهَمَ فَكَانَ مِنَ الْمُدْحَضِينَ فَالْتَقَمَهُ الْحُوتُ وَهُوَ مُلِيمُ فَلَوْلَا أَنَّهُ كَانَ مِنَ ال Musabbihin. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, had Yunus alayhi salam not been from those who did tasbih, he would have remained in the stomach of that whale until the day of judgment. لَلَبِثَ فِي بَطْنِهِ إِلَى يَوْمِ يُبْعَثُونَ He would have remained in the, in, the, in the stomach of that whale until the day of judgment. Now what is this? فَلَوْلَا أَنَّهُ كَانَ مِنَ الْمُسَبِّحِينَ Allah is saying, had he not been from those who did tasbih, what is this referring to? There are multiple opinions. Some scholars, they say, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is making reference to the earlier part of Yunus salam's life, he did a lot of tasbih. The earlier part of Yunus salam's life, he did a lot of, he did a lot of tasbih. Therefore, when he was in the stomach of the whale and he said, La ilaha illa anta subhanaka inni kuntu min al-dhalimeen, the angels saw this tasbih of his elevating towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And they said, Ya Allah, this tasbih is coming from a dark place from a weak person. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, This is my servant Yunus. They said, Is it the same Yunus who did so much tasbih of you, whose tasbih we used to bring to you day and morning and evening? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Yes. So the angels interceded on his behalf in response to which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala accepted his tawbah. This statement, this entire context, is narrated by Imam Fakhruddin al-Razi under the commentary of this verse. He says, this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, means when he said, فَلَوْلَا أَنَّهُ كَانَ مِنَ الْمُسَبِّحِينَ Therefore, if you are in good days today, if you're having good days in your life, be thankful to Allah. Give sadaqah today. Say alhamdulillah today for the good that you have. 
Thank Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Do tasbih. Read the Qur'an. Because today you can. I, see, I fear that a day may come that you and I may not have this luxury anymore. A day may come where we don't have the ability. There was a sister that came to me. She wanted to get married for so long. She said to me, Shaykh, make dua, I get married. I used to always say to her, may Allah get you married when it's best for you. She said, what kind of dua is that? Can you just make dua, I get married now? There was one brother I met. He said, Shaykh, can you make dua, I get married to this girl? I said, may Allah allow you to get married to the person that's best for you. He said, that's a good dua, but that's not the dua I want. Can you make dua, I get married to this girl? I said, may Allah allow you to get married to the person that's best for you. He wasn't happy. He kept saying, this girl, this girl, this girl. I said, well, before I make the dua, I might want to ask that girl if she wants to marry you first. Because you're really obsessive. I'm feeling uncomfortable just speaking to you for five minutes. I can't imagine that sister. You've been hustling that sister for the past six months, like you just told me. She must be uncomfortable. And I asked that sister, and she said, I'm terrified of this guy. <laughs> the sister, she said she wanted to get married. She said, can you make dua? I said to her, look, I make dua to Allah that you get married when it's best for you. She came to me later on. She said to me that I really appreciate that dua of yours because I always wanted to study. I was very close to getting married, but when, every time I would get close to getting finalizing it, it would fall apart. And then I got to study. And after I finished my studies at the seminary, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala opened the doors and I got married. And I realized that had I gotten married before my studies at the seminary, it's very possible that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would have not given me the opportunity to study the deen. I was making two du'as to Allah for marriage and for studying. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala held off one so I can do the second. Just this two weeks back at the intensive we had at our masjid, another sister said the exact same thing to me. The exact same thing. So you never know why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is holding off, you know, whatever it is that we want. Uh, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what's best for us, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows when it's best for us. So always do tasbih in your good days. You don't know tomorrow if you'll have the chance. Today you might skip the class because you're busy with your friends on Tuesday night, you're tired, you're sleepy. Maybe those are the excuses that hold you back. Tomorrow you may not have the ability to come. And then you'll desire and long, I only, I wish if I can go to the class and study some hadith, study some Quran, study the lives of the prophets, alayhi musalatu salam. The second group of scholars, they say, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, فَلَوْلَا أَنَّهُ كَانَ مِنَ الْمُسَبِّحِينَ This is actually referring to the excessive tasbih Yunus alayhi salam did while he was in the stomach of that whale. He made a lot of tasbih. He started saying it and kept going and cried and kept going, cried and kept going. How long was Yunus alayhi salam in the stomach of that whale? The most conservative position, the smallest number stated by the Mufassirun is three days. And the largest number, the greatest number stated by the Mufassirun is 40 days. Some say he was in the stomach of that whale for three days, while others say he was in the stomach of that whale for 40 days. Wallahu alam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows best. There is no clear narration that tells us of the exact duration of how long <clears throat> Sayyidina Yunus salam was in the stomach of that whale. Okay. 
Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded the whale to spit him out. The whale came, فَنَبَذْنَاهُ بِالْعَرَاءِ The whale came and spat him out on what we're going to call Ara'. What is Ara'? The word Ara' is used in the Quran. Al-Ara'u al-makanu al-khali. Ara' means an empty land. Something that has no trees, no grass, no growth, just a barren empty land. What do you call that type of land? Ara'. قَالَ أَبُوْ عُبَيْدَ إِنَّمَا قِيلَ لَهُ الْعَرَاءُ لِأَنَّهُ لَا شَجَرَ فِيهِ وَلَا شَيْءَ يُغَطِّيهِ There's no tree there, nothing to... An Ari or Uryan in Arabi means something that's unclothed, something that's bare. You call that Ari. Something when a person is barefoot, he's Ari. When a person doesn't have garment on, he's Ari. Hafi Ari. Hafi means barefoot. So this is why that land is called Ara' because it has nothing there at all. It's an empty land. Some scholars, they say... <clears throat> that this place where Yunus salam was released, the place where he came out, was known as Nasibain. Nasibain. This was the name of the place. Other positions are also um, shared on this issue. وَرَمَتْهُ بِأَرْضِ نَصِيبَيْنِ بِالْعَرَاءِ When Yunus salam came out, فَنَبَذْنَاهُ بِالْعَرَاءِ وَهُوَ السَّقِيمِ When he came out of the stomach of that whale, he was very sick, he was frail, he was weak at the time. لَا شَعْرَ وَلَا لَحْمَ عَلَيْهِ There was no skin, no meat on his body, sorry, لَا لَحْمَ There was no meat on his body, وَلَا شَعْرَ Neither was there any hair on his body. He became very weak. Maybe there was something in the stomach of the whale that may have burnt off his hair or even consumed some of his skin and some of his meat. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala allowed a tree to grow next to him. And this tree was very beautiful and it had a shade and it had a, a fruit that would nourish him. Yunus alayhi salam would eat from the tree, eat from the fruit he would stay underneath the shade of that tree recovering. And he knew this was a miracle that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was giving him a second chance. And it was this language, this speech that Allah was speaking with him that if Allah can give you a second chance, He can also give those people a second chance too. Why did you give up so quickly? And Yunus alayhi salam is eating from the tree. There's one riwayah narrated by Imam al-Razi rahmatullahi alayhi. He narrates his story and then at the end of it, Imam al-Razi rahmatullahi alayhi himself says, Wallahu a'lamu bi haqiqatil waqiyah. Allah knows whether this story is even true or not, or the authenticity of this story, but he shares it anyway. And I'll share it with you. That Yunus alayhi salam, he, he, he sat next to this tree, leaned against this tree, he benefited from its shade, he ate from there. That much we know. That is authentic because the Quran says, That's clear that there was a tree next to him. However, the next part that um, that some termites or some sort of insects must have come and eaten away the the stump or the bottom part of that tree, which caused the tree to collapse. When the tree collapsed. فَحَزِنَ يُنُسْ لِذَلِكَ حُزْنًا شَدِيدًا Yunus salam became very sad because that was his shade and that was his source of nutrition. فَقَالَ يَا رَبِّ كُنْتُ أَسْتَظِلُّ تَحْتَ هَذِهِ الشَّجَرَ مِنَ الشَّمْسِ وَالْرِّحِ He said, Ya Allah, I used to benefit from this tree and benefit from the wind and stay away from the sun due to this tree. وَأَمُسُّ To suck on. مِنْ ثَمَرِهَا 
um, from its fruits, I would eat from its fruits, I would, I would benefit from its fruits. And now the tree has fallen down. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to Yunus alayhi salam, Oh Yunus, تَحْزَنُ عَلَىٰ شَجْرَةٍ أُمْبِتَتْ فِي سَاعَةٍ وَأُقْلِعَتْ فِي سَاعَةٍ وَلَا تَحْزَنُ عَلَىٰ مِئَةِ أَلْفٍ أَوْ يَزِيدُونَ تَرَكْتَهُمْ That, oh, oh Yunus, you are sad because of a tree that came up in a moment and went down in a moment, and you have no grief over the hundred thousand people that you left behind? What about them? Just as the tree fell, you're hungry, you left, they're hungry. انطلق إليهم, go back. Yunus gathered his energy and he came back to his people. And what does Yunus see? Every single one of them was a Muslim. He was shocked. Because remember this, Hidayah is in the hands of Allah. The Nabi, the Messenger, the Da'i is only a means. If the means leaves, but the Hidayah is written, they will get Hidayah. This is a clear example of that. Islam's growth is not contingent on you or I. It isn't, if I, don't, if I die tomorrow, may Allah protect and preserve and give us life as long as we do good with our life and do khidmah of this deen. But if I were to die tomorrow, there would be no harm to this ummah. If Allah wills for someone else to come, they'll come. Someone who has more ilm, more amal, and more ikhlas will come. Do you guys understand that? Every person is replaceable in this equation. Except for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Except for Allah. Allahu la ilaha illahu al hay al al qayyum. He is not replaceable. لا تأخذه سنة ولا نوم له ما في السماوات وما في الأرض من ذا الذي يشفع عنده إلا بإذني يعلم ما بين أيديهم وما خلفهم ولا يحيطون بشيء من علمه إلا بما شاء وسع كرسيه السماوات والأرض ولا يؤده حفظهما وهو look at this ayah وهو العلي العظيم you look at this ayah and it talks about Allah subhanahu wa taala in a fashion that tells us that Allah subhanahu wa taala doesn't need anyone he can take care of his creation he can take care of them everything lahuma fi samawat all of it belongs to Allah you and I are just small little pawns if we allow Allah to accept, if we accept Allah's invite we get honor because now we're serving the deen but if we reject Allah's invite someone else will come in you go someone else will come it's a revolving door Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will bring the best of mankind to serve his deen either you jump on board and do something or you step aside and let someone else do what they're meant to do what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has destined for them to do Yunus alayhi salam continued to invite his people and um, <clears throat> stay amongst them and teach them and guide them until finally Yunus salam passed away. Where did Yunus salam pass away? Some scholars say in Nenwa, some say he went back to Palestine. There's a difference of opinion on where he passed away. But uh, there's one narration regarding Yunus salam that you can find in the literature of hadith that I wanted to share with you. <laughs> The Prophet ﷺ, when he was leaving Ta'if, do you guys know that story? Nabi ﷺ gave da'wah to his people as a Nabi for 10 years. How many years? From the age of 40 till the age of 50. At the age of 50, the Prophet ﷺ, either 50 or 51, he went to Ta'if. On his return from Ta'if, the people humiliated the Prophet and they hurt the Prophet ﷺ physically. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was with Zayd bin Haditha radiallahu an. Zayd bin Haditha radiallahu an says, The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam was bruised and bleeding and I lowered the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam against a boulder and the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam cried and he made dua to Allah. Now, 
There was a garden that belonged to the two sons of Rabi'ah. Fara'ahu ibn Rabi'ah, Utbah wa Shayba. Utbah bin Rabi'ah and Shayba bin Rabi'ah. These were two folks that had a garden there. They saw this man that was bruised. He was sad, he was crying, he was broken. And they saw that he was so sad and he looked very, you know, just uh, miserable. Because he was in so much pain. Can you get the battery for me? Yunus and so the Prophet was against this boulder and they saw the Prophet was in so much pain, they saw this man that was miserable crying. So they sent one of their servants whose name was Addas. What was his name? Addas al Nasrani, they called him. The Christian Addas. They sent him that, you know what, take some of these grapes, there's some grapes, go and give it to that man, he seems like he can, he can do with a meal right now, a little sweetness might cheer him up. So this Adas, he came with some grapes to the Prophet ﷺ. He placed those grapes in front of the Prophet ﷺ. He said to the Prophet ﷺ, eat. Prophet ﷺ must have been in a very puzzled place, still crying, just maybe just wiping his tears, maybe still sniffling. And he's now presented with some halwa, some grapes in front of him. فَلَمَّا وَضَعَ رَسُولُ اللَّهُ The Prophet ﷺ, when he placed his hand inside the tray to grab a grape, قَالَ بِسْمِ He said what? بِسْمِ He took one and he ate a grape. Stop there for a moment. When you've had such a rough day, you're still probably wiping the blood from your wounds and you're still wiping the tears from your eyes and someone offers you a cracker, who says Bismillah at a time like that? You know, you think to yourself, we have bigger problems to worry about. You're talking about wearing hijab and growing a beard while the Muslims are pit against each other and we're fighting and people are dying. You know, the Prophet ﷺ didn't minimize the virtue of any good deed. Everything was meaningful and he did everything with absolute sincerity. Look at the barakah of this one bismillah the Prophet read before he had grapes. Watch. This adas, فَنَذَرَ عَدَّاسٌ فِي وَجْهِهِ Adas looked at the Prophet's face. This niwayah is narrated by Ibn Ishaq. Adas looked at the Prophet's face. وَقَالَ وَاللَّهِ إِنَّ هَذَا الْكَلَامِ مَا يَقُولُ مَا يَقُولُهُ أَهْلُ هَذِهِ الْبَلَدِ He said, this statement that you made, this is a statement that the people of this region don't say. You said, Bismillah right now, the people of this region, I've never heard any of them while eating, them saying what? Bismillah. Look guys, as Muslims, I know that we try to make our religion similar to the culture and to the people, so people can appreciate it. But don't make it so similar that people wonder what's the point of even becoming Muslim. It's the same thing that we have already. There has to be a distinct nature of Islam. There are things that you need to say, this is what your culture is, this is what your religion is, and this is what my religion is. My religion brings something unique. It brings something different. This is what it brings that's different. So someone that's already living in the West and is maybe fed up with a culture and system that doesn't nurture them and doesn't spiritually satisfy them, now they can see Islam as an alternative, as a solution. But if you make Islam look like it's Western and then there's no difference at all, then what solution? What alternative? Why would someone even be interested in Islam at that point? There, it has to be distinct. 
The Prophet and I say this because don't be shy to say Bismillah when you eat. You're at a restaurant, you have a nice steak in front of you, you're about to chow into it. Before you do, stop for a moment and say, with a little noise, man, with a little voice, Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, and eat away. Maybe someone might hear your Bismillah, ask a question like Adas did. He said, what's going on here? The Prophet he said to him, and which place are you from? You said the people of this region don't say Bismillah, that means you come from a region